0: This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. My guest today is Professor Jing Shu. She's a professor of marketing at Guanghua School of Management at Peking University. She studies how situational and environmental factors shape consumer decision-making. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. You and your colleagues looked into the influence that comparisons people make have on their preferences for a product. When talking to marketers and brands looking to engage with audiences or consumers, I often speak to them about how people behave as humans and how that behavior plays out on social platforms or other mediums and what it means for marketers. What I found interesting about your work is that you took it to the next step, taking that human behavior and putting it into context and exploring how it influenced choice before we dive in to what you found i'd like to set out some of the parameters about what we're talking about so that everyone who's listening can follow along when thinking about products you divided them into competence products and warmth products can you provide an example of what you mean by that sure the
1: differentiation between competence and warmth products is really about whether the product conveys a meaning of competence or friendliness. So take clothing, for example, there are dresses you wear to job interviews, which signals professionalism and personal competence, or dresses you wear to an informal outing that are casual, relaxing, and shows you a friendly person.
0: I see. So are there examples beyond clothing? Could a type of food product or a beverage fall into one of these categories? Yes, it actually applies to many product
1: categories. So for example, in the beverage category, you can think of those high-class water brands such as small water or Fiji water. They certainly signify one's social status and competence.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. It's funny, I was thinking of food and I was thinking of macaroni and cheese being a comfort food and then something like a steak being more of a competence food, like you have to learn how to cook it properly. Would it have to be a product that you either consume or wear or is otherwise visible to other people?
1: That's a good question. I think to some extent, yes, because when we buy things for private use, we don't think too much about what meaning it will send to others.
0: Right. So it's really, it's a, it's an identity signal that's happening a bit. Exactly. Exactly. So visibility definitely
1: promotes that identity, identity signaling process, but visibility can point to either direction. Uh, Sometimes you need to show competence. Sometimes you need to express friendliness. So it really depends on the situation what you want to convey in that particular situation.
0: Would there be some product classes that are Only competent related like smartphones, for instance, or or can anything be one or the other, depending on how the brand frames it for the consumer?
1: Not really. I think even with smartphones, some brands can position themselves as the competent one, whereas Mm -hmm. others can have a social and communal image. So for example, competence phone can emphasize on how it will help to manage your job related needs and help you to thrive professionally, hmm. or it can emphasize on how it will bring your social circle together and you can enjoy good companies. So you can think about the difference between Blackberry or, ah. a, phone, yeah, or a phone that emphasizes on like picture quality or features that enhances your social life.
0: Interesting. So. Would luxury or price point relate to how a product is categorized? Yes, definitely. I think luxury products in
1: general signals one's identity and social status,
0: Mm -hmm. such Mm -hmm. as your
1: unique taste or success or competence. So I would say, yes, luxury products has a strong likelihood to be seen as a competence.
0: The next thing I'd like to make sure that everyone understands is the premise of how people feel. When they're making the comparisons now that we've described what these product categories are so people make comparisons and broadly there are two different types of psychological needs at play can you outline these
1: yes i think human beings have two fundamental needs for one we want to feel good about ourselves and strive to outshine others
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the other is that at the same time we also want to get along with others and to be liked by others. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So when people are comparing themselves with others, these two types of needs are activated at different levels and have different effects on whether they want to appear more friendly or more competent. In the paper, we use self-efficacy. So self-efficacy really refers to a sense of confidence in one's ability to master the environment. I would say it is similar to self-esteem
0: or self-confidence. It's more academic. Right, (laughs) right. Yes. So how how is it triggered in a comparison situation? So when we compare ourselves to someone who is better off than
1: us, Mm -hmm. we feel a threat to the self-efficacy or self-esteem because (laughs) it makes us feel less confident about how we are doing. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. We wanted to be doing well. We wanted to be doing better. So that type of signal kind of threatens our feeling about how we are doing.
0: Okay, now I understand what social relationships are. I mean, you know how I relate to people and, and the group that I'm a part of. How is a concern or a need to maintain that relationship triggered When I make a comparison, if I'm at work and we talked about the self-efficacy, but how does social relationships relate there?
1: Yes. Just like I said earlier, you know, we have a need to, to be doing well and like outperform other people, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we also worry about how others feel. So when we are in a situation we are clearly better than others, we may feel bad about showing off. Mm. And worry about whether it will hurt others' feelings and cause a distress in our relationship
0: with others. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. So, are these universal human things? People, if you're a person, you're going to have degrees of these feelings in when you make comparisons. Yes,
1: yes. These are universal human needs, I think, because they come from human evolution, okay. where we need to be individually fitted. But we also need to be united and work in groups and communities to survive.
0: Right. It's a survival thing. I mean, I, you absolutely, if you don't, if, if you're ex, excommunicated from your group, you don't live very long. So are they intensified by gender differences or cultural context? Are there things that make these things more, you know, I often hear that women tend to be more concerned about social relationships. Is is that a truth? That is a very good point. I think these are universal
1: needs, mm-hmm. but the importance we place on these needs may vary across individuals, cultures, and societies. Mm. So you talked about culture. I think Individualistic culture may emphasize more on self-efficacy needs, whereas collectivistic culture may place social
0: harmony at a higher priority. Right. Well, especially it it makes me think of the United States way back a million years ago. I studied labor relations in different countries and even the timeframes and social need in integrating comparing the U S to Japan, for instance, it was, it was very different there.
1: Yes. And you, you also talk about gender. I think mm. they also differ by gender because women have a, na- a nurturing nature. Mm. They tend to have stronger need for social relationship, whereas men have a stronger need for ego and success. But this is from evolutionary sense and a traditional gender roles. So it is changing as we enter the modern life.
0: Right. I was. That's what I was wondering, is certainly with regard to gender, if that was something you do, know, you have this virtuous cycle between the culture that shapes the gender roles. And then as that culture shifts, are these gender roles shifting? So I guess the intensity of these universal human points of view may, the intensity may wane and wax, but the fact of them is durable. Is that fair? Exactly. Exactly. So you then, so now that we we have the understanding of making social comparisons, we have the understanding of warmth products. So you then develop several hypotheses around how these things would relate to consumer choice. Can you outline those hypotheses? Sure.
1: Our first hypothesis was that upward social comparisons, that is when you compare with others who are better than you, it will lead to greater preference for competence oriented products. And when you compare it to someone who is worse than you, mm-hmm. that is so-called downward comparison, it will lead to greater preference for warmth oriented products.
0: Okay. And, and why did you why did you come up with that hypothesis?
1: Yeah, so that's my second, that's our second hypothesis trying to explain why this is the case, so so called mechanism underlying the so called phenomenon or effect. Mm. So we we believe this is because the upward comparison elicits feelings of self-threat and increase the need for self-efficacy whereas the downward comparison will stimulate feelings of social distress and enhance the need for social relationships.
0: Okay, so what, can you take me through an example? Yeah, sure.
1: So if, say for example, a person or a woman who has received a good performance review at work and then purchasing an outfit to wear in an informal outing with the formal, I mean, with their impl- with, with their employees or with their colleagues, mm-hmm. if she was presented with two equally priced outfits, she's more likely to purchase the outfit that is more comfortable and also sends a social kind of
0: image. I see. Okay. So is it, You know, in the example you walk through, she has the comparison with work colleagues and then she's purchasing for a work function. So is it situationally linked? That is, does it matter that the purchase is related to a place where she will be signaling to the people with whom she was making a a comparison?
1: Yes, definitely matters whether she will be with the people whom she was comparing herself to. If it's someone who is not relevant to the comparison, then the need will not be activated. So she will not feel the need to, to show her competence or show her
0: caring. So, So it sounds like context is another factor here and and you had some hypotheses around the how context intersected with these comparisons and choices right
1: exactly so that's our the third and the fourth hypothesis so we look into the factors that will make this phenomenon or this effect change right so it really matters whether she's actually comparing to someone who is within her social group when she is comparing to someone who is within her group, this effect will remain. But when she's comparing to someone who is not really within her group, this effect will be weakened.
0: So just I want to make sure I'm imagining and, and following this. Let's take that work example. It's useful. So she is she's at work. She's comparing herself to her colleagues at work. Now. Is it that by definition, because they're her coworkers, they're in group, is it by definition, this is externally defined, you are colleagues. And so this, for this purpose of this comparison, that's an in group versus somebody who has a similar job at another company. And let's say the, the place where she's going in this new outfit, maybe it's a conference. So there'll be other people who are similar grouped, but they're not. Her in group. Is that a way to sort of think about it?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So only when she compares to her, you know, group, like, you know, her colleagues, that would give her a need to express Otherwise, if she's comparing to someone who's out of her group in another company, she doesn't really need to show anything because she's not going to be seen with other people. And she has little relevance, little relationship with the people who are not in her social group.
0: Right. And and you also, I I suppose you know, comparing yourself to people at work is instantaneously a competence environment, right? Because it's the business of your work. Are the results different if, let's say, instead of being at work, I'm comparing myself to the other moms at the bus stop and who, you know, so it's a social situation. Is, is it different if it's social versus work related?
1: That's a very good question. I think really depends on, even within a social situation, depends on how you are comparing. Say, for example, you're comparing with another mom, which is, you know, your kids go to the same school. So you guys are pretty much belong to a social group, right? Mm-hmm. But in that situation, maybe, you know, you wanted to show that you are better than the other moms, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you may want to wear a you know pretty pricey bag or something to show that you are actually better in the group, right? Mm. But. If it's someone who you care about and clearly showing off is going to hurt other people's feeling and you don't want to do that. And you might want to go low key and doing something more socially acceptable.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what about intelligence? Like if it's a, if I'm comparing myself, so I guess that's the work, the work is the intelligence kind of piece, right? The difference, like, I guess is the impact. How can I phrase this? If I am at work and so the subject of my comparison is intelligence, am I more likely to, and I fail, like I don't do well in that comparison, is my desire to prove intelligence more important? My competence is competence. Is it going to be intensified? Is it a competence reaction and competence purchase going to be intensified if the comparison was intelligence related versus socially related?
1: Definitely. I think competence is more related, intelligence is more related to competence. Right. Right. So if you're comparing intelligence, it's more likely to sort of trigger the need or trigger the feeling that you are not doing well or you are doing better.
0: Mm-hmm. If it's
1: something not related to intelligence. So in our paper, we, we delve into another dimension, which is social skills. So the ability to make friends, your interpersonal social skills. So I in see. that dimension, when people are feeling that they're better than others, it doesn't really trigger the feeling that they are showing off and they might actually hurt the relationship with others.
0: I see. So, so you, you look at the comparisons, you look at the context, and what did you find out? What is the big aha takeaway?
1: Yeah, so I think the big takeaway is that in a nutshell, we find that whether consumers choose to purchase products... That make them appear to be competent or friendly really depends on how they compare themselves to others when they compare to someone who is better off than them and it poses a threat to their self-efficacy mm. uh, therefore they have a higher need to purchase or choose products that will help them to boost their sense of competence on the other hand, if they are doing better than others and they're comparing to the are you know, to people who are worse, worse than them, mm-hmm. they may feel there's a threat to the relationship with others. So they will have a stronger need for products that will help them to reestablish the social relationship, make them seem more
0: warm and friendly. So interesting. Is recency a factor in the example where we talk about the woman buying the outfit subsequent to her job performance review? Now, is it something that would be generalized? Like she's generally reviewed well, so she consistently approaches dressing in the workplace in a friendly manner, or is it really time bound, you know, that she's gonna if she's gonna make this purchase, pretty close in time to this review. How, how much is recency a factor in this?
1: That's a very interesting question. You're you're pointing into a very psychological question. So you are really asking about how long-term or short-term this effect's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the key is about whether there is this activation of the needs Ah, so, yeah. So if she's constantly reminded that she's outperforming others, then yes, this effect will be a long term. Will probably hold regularly. But if the if this this activation is just one time or, you know, very situation specific, then this will go away.
0: So interesting. So now, of course, I'm thinking if it's possible for a brand to operationalize this for example if a manufacturer is selling suits should the advertising lean into an underlying desire to be seen as competent you know when you want to win that job or get that promotion rather than implying that they've already succeeded in it you know like it, if you think about the language that could trigger <laughs> that yeah. recency is that is that something that would be relevant yes
1: definitely i think a suit brand should emphasize fierce competition in the workplace or someone who is seeking a job, how how the, the competition, you know, how fierce oh. the competition is. So by purchasing that suit, one
0: can benefit from the competent image boosted by the product. If I'm trying to operationalize this in our suit example, it sounds like it should really trigger anxiety really right anxiety in the potential purchaser that they might not measure up and so they really and then that would trigger their desire for competency right that we don't have to spell it all out we just want to trigger their job anxiety in a kind of a horrible way right
1: yes this is yeah this is actually a pity of being a consumer researcher a lot of times buying purchasing it is actually triggered by the anxiety that we have it is about where what the difference between where we are now and we want where we want to be mm. so anxiety is the key and i hate to say that <laughs> a lot of brands a lot of marketing a lot of advertising is actually playing this two wing consumers' choice, consumers' wallets.
0: It sounds like if you are a seller of comfortable yoga clothes, the anxiety you're going to be playing on is fitting in with your friends, right? I mean, because that's a more comfortable Was that a Is that the anxiety that we'd be tapping into, or one of them?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, if you are
0: actually doing yoga with your friends, oh, I see. Yeah, and you definitely
1: want it to be seen as friendly, right? You don't want to show off in those kinds. Because it could also be
0: competence, I suppose. Like, good lord, she's really fit, and you could make people, oh, that's interesting. It's who you're. So again, going back to an early question we had about the importance of consuming the product, wearing the product around the people with whom you're doing the comparison, right?
1: Yes, exactly. It's really about the situation and how you feel about that situation and what type of needs were activated by that particular situation.
0: Was one, I can't, you'll have to forgive me because I can't remember explicitly from the paper, was one more powerful than the other? in terms of?
1: Yes, that's a very good question. I wanted to tap into this because I think uh, we we haven't really touched upon this. I, To my knowledge or my understanding, I think to be competent, the need for self-esteem is more primary than to be sociable, to be liked, to be Mm. accepted. So one interesting finding that support this is that we find that you know, when people are comparing with people who are either inside of their social group or outside of their social group, when you, when you are comparing someone who is within your social group, the need to, to show warmth will be activated when you are doing better than others. But when you're comparing with someone who is outside of your group, the need to show warmth when you are better. Is actually no longer there. Oh, so, that's yeah, it's interesting. It's no longer there. However, the need to, 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 to be competent, to feel competent is there, no matter who you are comparing to. So even if you're comparing to someone who is irrelevant to you, who is outside of a social group, but you are worse than others. You're worse than them, and you still feel the need to show competence.
0: Oh, that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. So the need to show competence is regardless of who you compare it to, but the need to show warmth depends on who you compare it to. It only actually oh. it only matters when you compare it to someone you care.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Thank you so much for walking through your paper with us. I really appreciate it. I think the research is fantastic and super interesting. Thank you so much for having me. We've reached the end of another episode up next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team up next, my friend Rob Norton, the voice artist who recorded our open. And of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.